Everyone who owns more than a handful of video games owns at least one that's just okay. Maybe your sweet old grandma gave it to you. You're a library completionist. It's based on a property you like, or maybe you just needed a paperweight. My game collection is pretty weak. It's honestly less of a collection and more of a coincidence. But praise passivity, it's full of mediocre, forgettable games that just make me feel an absence of feelings. I'll never play them, most of them don't have any trade value, and seeing them on my shelf just makes me go... Meh. The best thing I can do with this medley of mediocrity is make a video so you can share in my indifference too. You're welcome. My Super Nintendo shelf screams unremarkable. Makes it very hard to sleep around here. So I'm going to roll through a few of these inoffensive offenders lightning round style because I'm an impatient curmudgeon with no attention span who is, and I can't stress this enough, awful at video games. Now prepare to feel detached and aloof. Scooby-Doo Mystery from Argonaut Software and Acclaim in 1995 is a mystery adventure game. Snestrunk, an excellent YouTube channel by the way, describes it as a maniac mansion for kids that replaces point and click with platforming. It captures the classic Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo aesthetic well enough and it's functional. Considering it's a kid's game, the way it plays confused me at first, but once I got the hang of things, it quickly took a nosedive into the deep end of an extremely bland swimming pool, at which point it aesthetically started to grate on my senses too. I'm giving it a 2 out of 5, and that sounds negative because it's neither bad nor broken, but 2 is where I'm dumping games that I'd be unlikely to recommend to the average system owner, in this case even at its current price tag of $10 loose. Maybe just to console owners who love the Scooby-Doo show as much as I do. Raggy, oh no. Of all the vanilla games in this no-topping soft-serve ice cream of an episode, The Jungle Book from Virgin Interactive in 1994 is probably the most fondly remembered. But I do think it's only okay. It's always nice to see and hear beloved licensed properties respectfully represented in game form. But as a platformer, it's way more frustrating to play than other similar Disney platformers like Aladdin or Lion King, or even the underrated Pinocchio. I spent more time debating a rate for this game than any other. I even considered adding decimals to my very lazy rating system just to accommodate this damn thing, but I'm going to begrudgingly call it a 3 out of 5. I don't like it. In fact, I hate how hiding underneath most charming simple Disney platformer exteriors lies a Lovecraftian monster demon whose sole purpose in its immortal existence is to devour self-esteem and cause migraines. But a classic Disney property turned into a passable SNES platformer definitely has an audience, especially at a measly $5 price tag. I just wouldn't consider it a bare necessity for Super Nintendo owners. I'm also confident I'm the first person who has ever made that joke. Another game rating I fought with, pun intended, was for Mortal Kombat, the first one from Midway in 1992. Mediocre seems harsh for a one-on-one -on -one fighter that was once groundbreaking for its gore, its digitized characters, and for essentially spawning the ESRB. But I promise that if you get over here, 
and give it a play today, you won't find much to do and you won't have much fun doing it. One-on-one -on -one fighters are my worst genre. Watch me and I'll leave you wondering if my controller is even plugged in. But even in the context of fighters, I had a hard time generating any rhythm or strategy here. Also, I hate digitized graphics. This is probably the fourth best Mortal Kombat game on the system, and two of those better iterations can be had in the same $10 to $15 price range as this one. I'm not saying these hurtful things because I'm a Street Fighter fanboy either. I actually prefer the Mortal Kombat series, and I bet I'd feel the same way about Street Fighter II The World Warrior compared to better versions of Street Fighter II if I owned or had ever played it. Mortal Kombat gets another begrudging 3 out of 5 because I absolutely feel it's mediocre, but I also see why its iconic historical significance might make it worth a playthrough. While I'm on one-on-one -on -one fighters, let's discuss Unholy Knight, the Darkness Hunter, but with an asterisk. It was developed by a small group of former SNK employees called Boxbat Corporation. It failed as a Kickstarter, but was picked up by publisher Retroism in the US and released in 2017. I sincerely love new physical software produced for ancient hardware, and this gets an asterisk because it was just a few folks' labor of love. But the bottom line is that it's a far less fun, extremely choppily animated Street Fighter 2. Its development backstory is cute, but this game is a 2 out of 5, with an asterisk, and it's not worth the $14 price tag, in my opinion. If all this average stuff hasn't put you to sleep yet, the video game equivalent of a highly specific biology textbook just might. It's Simant from Maxis in 1993. It's exactly what it sounds like, an ant colony simulator, and it's very well made and a unique sim for its time, ported in technically impressive fashion from the PC. The title might make you think of a 20 years older predecessor to Goat Simulator, but I can assure you that this edutainment relic takes itself pretty seriously, which is where the problems lie. The whole earth tone aesthetic is very drab even by sim standards, and this edutainment's video game disguise is almost as convincing as my voice acting. Technical achievement does not outweigh niche genre plus dull subject matter, so it's a 2 out of 5, and the hefty $46 price tag means I only recommend it to the most serious of retro sim enthusiasts. The rest of the games I did in no particular order, but I saved Speedy Gonzalez, Los Gatos Bandidos, from Sunsoft and Acclaim in 1995 for last because it's the okayest of the okay, the most literal of the lassitude, the apathetic-ist of the average. It's a straightforward speedy 2D platformer, basically a clone of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, but with more kicking and less fun. It's totally functional, the level design works okay for going fast, the graphics are nice, but the sound is bad, and somehow it just feels like there's nothing here. It's so indescribably blah that it essentially inspired me to make this video in which I coincidentally tried to describe indescribably blah games. It just feels like it's missing whatever it is that makes good games engaging. Or like if I needed to put gas in my car and I went to one of those stations that's only pumps and there's no building to go inside for delicious soft drinks and road trip snacks. I died for a second time about five minutes in and couldn't force myself to go any further. I'm giving this $9 game a 2 out of 5 because there's nothing blatantly bad, but I can't find a good reason to recommend this to the average system owner. 
you're still here because you're a fan of things that just exist without helping or hurting anyone, allow me to treat you to my ranking of these games against one another according to my arbitrary incalculable tight-ass collectability factor. Please don't take this too seriously, it's just a dumb thing I only do for my own amusement. First, I love Scooby-Doo everything, and that Scooby-Doo mystery is both unique from the Genesis version and as a game in general, so it gets the most love from me today. Next, The Jungle Book and Mortal Kombat in that order are both cheap, decent games related to properties I like. Then, Unholy Night is functionally the worst game here, but I like supporting these modern retro projects. Last and also least, Speedy Gonzalez gets the nod over the expensive Simant because it's actually exclusive to the Super Nintendo, costs way less, and is more fun. Relatively. Thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Making this video brought me joy, even if playing the games it contained made me feel empty inside. Regardless, I'm already looking forward to the next one.